0: the bloody elbow podcast network is moving that's right we're moving from soundcloud and youtube to substack it will still be available through your current itunes spotify and stitcher subscriptions but the main home of the bloody elbow podcast network will now be on substack while most of our audio content will remain free we'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription to support the shows, which are now ad free. Please give us your email and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber and get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today.
1: Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast, a combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight breakdowns, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor
0: Rodriguez. Welcome back and thank you for listening to episode 240 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes and I'm joined as always by this this dashing rogue here my co-host Victor Rodriguez and today we are going to talk about some stuff coming out of UFC 287 and we're going to give you a select fight preview of UFC Kansas City but first Victor how in the hell are you?
1: I'm so good right now I saw that Mario movie last week with my kid let me tell you something I, I can't remember last time I saw people clapping at the end of a movie. It was so fun. It really just was. If you are a fan, if you've been playing from the very beginning like I have, if you have fond memories, if you're, you know, like they don't rest too much on the nostalgia, they bring in just enough old, just enough new. It, it, it's cool. It's a great uh, little way to shake things up. And Toad remains the best character ever, even with the least amount of lines.
0: Well, we saw a movie, too. Um, Tuesday night, we went and saw, finally, everything, everywhere, all at once. And while I thought it was great, I do not get all of the massive hullabaloo around this movie. I thought it was a great film. I do. Why everyone thinks this is the greatest movie to end every other movie. I
1: don't understand that. I wouldn't go that far. I think there's just something in the matter of like processing grief and loss Mm -hmm. in certain ways and, and, um, trying to use, instead of using the way that instead of using multiverses the way that bubblegum comic book movies do, Mm -hmm. trying to use it for a different type of theme and, and a much more personal story. And then trying to just like, it's going for something serious and then it's not. And then it just like, just really pulls out a lot of unexpected things, um, and and then you know ending the way that it did mm-hmm. i mean i thought it was pretty great i think the stephanie shoe the daughter didn't get enough attention no no right. that that her that girl. performance
0: also okay listen i thought jamie lee curtis was great don't get me yes. wrong but the daughter should have gotten i mean what the hell her performance was she even put up for for the category was she even no put up idea. for supporting actors?
1: I, I didn't keep tabs on that. The I only person have... I know who was getting any kind of shine there was Kehui Kwan, and I'm glad he got yeah. something. And that guy. Mm-hmm. Wow, that yeah. that dude. And I, I, yeah, that that really hit home for me, And That's that's all I can say.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a good. It, I'll go so far as to call it a great film. Mm-hmm. I just didn't think it. Like for me, Parasite was better. I thought Parasite oh. was deserving. Because remember, when Parasite came out, it got the kind of mass praise and applause that that everything, everywhere, all at once got. But I feel that Parasite was more deserving. That whole class struggle, man, that hit home for a lot of people.
1: Let me tell you something. That was the only time I remember being in a movie and having my arms tensed out. Mm-hmm like the last 10 minutes yes my my triceps got a workout sitting there watching that shit it was just just like no 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 Mm -hmm. oh god it just just everything about it brilliant absolutely brilliant i still got my blu-ray it
0: yeah it's it's a truly great film i mean like that's In the top 10 pantheon of all time type film. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. I've watched it a bunch. So yeah, I I dig it. But anyways, we are going to jump into some stuff. And the first thing is, since we had Monday off, we didn't get to do our breakdown of UFC 287. And it was an interesting card to say the least. And it was the card of the underdog. Because a lot of the underdogs... Won in uh, won their fights here, and I was mightily impressed with Israel Adesanya's fortitude in there. Because, whoo, man, let's let's go ahead and talk about this, Victor. I gotta get your first initial knee jerk reaction when you were watching in the moment, whether you watched live or if you watched the next day. But when you first watched Izzy and Alex, what was your knee jerk response?
1: I just sat there. I clapped my, I, I, I slapped both of my thighs, and I said, "I knew it, mm. I knew it, I knew he was gonna get him the way he did the first time, the way he did at the, the, end of the first round." And I kept, I keep saying the shit, and this is exactly, and it played out pretty much like that. He just, there's something about the way that Izzy was able to bait him and bounce off the cage and just retaliate because um, Alex p- throws his punches, but his hands don't immediately retract. And when you leave that gap open, it just led to that overhand. And it's funny too. In one of their kickboxing matches, ma- ma- bouts, matches, batches. Yes, I just did that. In one of their kickboxing fights, uh, he hit him with the same thing, and he rocked him pretty heavy with that. And you know, it's like that's three fights in a row where he does. You know, he he, he just ducks under, throws that massive right hand, and catches him because. Pereira doesn't bring that left the same way. He doesn't bring it back. And that's just, I mean, that that was a kiss to death for him right there. That was just nuts.
0: What did you think of Pereira's outstanding body work in, in that finishing sequence? You know, in the lead up to when Izzy lands his five piece... I originally thought it was a four piece and me and Eugene went back and forth and I finally caught the video that he caught where you could see a different angle and you certainly do see that fifth punch. It's actually the first punch. It's from one angle in some of the video clips that the UFC released, you really can't see it land. But in another angle, you can definitely see it land and it landed with some impact. But anyways, before that five piece, Pereira has him up against the cage, you know, as you Mm -hmm. said, he backs him up there in a dangerous zone that he's already been touched on before, but he's got him there. And it's remarkable because not too many people, especially champions pay that close attention to the body. And he was hyper focused on it there for a good bit. And he was just going bang, bang, bang. There were three, maybe four shots there where he landed hard, hard shots to Izzy's body. Yep. Props to Izzy for his composure and props to Izzy for the fortitude to withstand that. So I want to hear your take on the body work.
1: Well, this is what happens when you have a guy who's been in those wars before, you know, and he's and, and obviously uh, it seems that the attempt there was for, you know, Alex on, on his part trying to slow Izzy down and trying to make sure that he can get his hands down from his face to attack his face again and um yeah you know it is his ability to withstand that that was very very uh that was formidable that was just you know brutal shit but he wasn't a bit of a tight spot there I don't want anybody mm-hmm. sitting think, thinking around like oh he had it you know he he just uh, uh it, it was it was a full Ali rope-a-dope thing I, I don't buy that explanation mm-hmm. I'm sorry you got pressed in there because the other guy pressed you there, you know what I mean? He made that decision for you. And and that's fine. Look, I, that's not even a bad thing to say. You got a bigger, stronger dude. That's going to happen and that's fine. So, you know, let's let's just not get too carried away is what I'm trying to say because dude was dealing with a a a, a true um, you know, true uh, striking threat. And uh, props to Izzy, too, for the way he's been handling this since.
0: Do you think he would have done himself more favors by, say, admitting that he was hurt there and that he, you know, he made it through to the other side? Not only that, he made it through to the other side with an insane KO. It's his KO of Pereira is way outshines the way Pereira got him in the last fight.
1: I think it depends on how badly he feels he was hurt. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I guess that really, you know, everybody's mileage varies on that sort of thing. I don't know that it would have changed much because the knockout overshadows everything else. Mm-hmm. So with everything that's gone on, you know, since the fight and, and, and all this treatment, um, I, I guess it doesn't really make too much sense for him to describe whether or not that did too much damage or not i don't think that there's any chatter really surrounding that we noticed and it's important to us it'll probably be important for anyone else that fights izzy you know and they're scouting and trying to find weaknesses in his armor but i don't really i don't know i I think it's fine that he's not really addressing that sort of thing maybe it didn't really affect him as much as we might think who knows maybe he's got his core trained so tightly that it's not something that affected him so severely yeah yeah
0: So let's get to Gilbert Burns defeating Jorge Masvidal. You know what? Masvidal didn't look as bad as I thought he was going to look going in there. But at the same time, I think Burns struggles with people that give him pushback and that can basically hold their own a little bit, at least defensively, uh, in the grappling department. Not that he necessarily struggles, but he doesn't look as... Um, dominant as he has in some of his other fights. We'll just say that. But yeah, I was not expecting uh, Jorge to put up that much of a fight. The the after effects after the fight was over, especially with the Trump bullshit. I am just dying to hear your take on that.
1: Well, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint. I don't have much to say on that front. I mean, this is just you have punched your ticket to join the loser club congratulations <laughs> you know I, I was very frustrated watching this one. i didn't interpret this the same way you did like yes i do agree that um there was there was more maybe from uh his perspective right there was from from his side there was a lot more defiance the refusal to go away mm. but gilbert man i mean once he started stunning him on the feet Mm-hmm. Like, he very visibly rocked him. You saw him wobble yes. hardhead. And then what does is, what is hardhead do? Does he fire back? No, he starts making faces at him. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fucking punch out. Buddy, that's not going to help you with the judges. You're not intimidating him. You're not playing mind games at this point. He knows he's got this in the bag. Yeah. And then he starts talking shit about him after the fight. Oh, his, his technique is sloppy. He couldn't take me down at will. Well, he took you down enough. Yeah. And you couldn't do much when you were down there either. you Are just trying to punch your way out of takedowns? Like, what are you? What are you doing? When when Gilbert hoisted him up and, and took a step or two and he tried to like, when he was on top trying to punch his head, yeah, that, that'll take him down. That'll do it. Great job, Barnaby. No, no, no. You, this man, look, when you've been in the game this long, you know better. And he just doesn't have it. And that's fine. Like, just admit that shit. It's okay, like like that infamous clip with Joe Budden. It's okay to be wrong. Just shut the fuck up and be wrong. Don't do, do this. Like, this is not this doesn't help any legacy in any way people are not going to remember you as that brave bold warrior who went in there and took on gilbert melendez who was nigh untouchable at the time and fought him with a broken hand and could have conceivably won that fight with a bit more output no one's going to remember that now they're just going to remember this guy who's just whining he's got always oh, an excuse no this isn't an excuse and then he goes into a litany of him and then he does this trump shit at the end which i mean fine i mean he's entitled to his opinion but He's going to have a very rude awakening when they chew him up and spit him out. He's going to be in, this is what happens with guys like this. And this is what people, this is what a lot of people, in minority communities, they hitch their, they hitch themselves to this wagon and then they find themselves not getting invited to those fancy parties quite as often, not being given the platform like they want. What's he going to do? Is he going to start a show like Candace Owens? Does he think that's going to be the avenue? He can't talk like that. He's not a media figure like that. This is, this is, let him enjoy this, this, whatever it is right now. And and he'll learn maybe. Who knows?
0: Got a question for you. He said in the post-fight interview that he had made millions. Do you believe him?
1: This is like when people talk about Dr. Dre being a billionaire rapper, which is like, no, he only put out a few albums. His billions came from other business Mm -hmm. ventures. Okay, so let's let's assume that he's gotten himself into some very smart investments and he's been fortunate to have certain things that have kicked off. Maybe. I, I don't I don't believe that he's made millions squarely and exclusively based off of fighting. I think he's done very well, especially with the BMF hype and everything. Uh I don't remember what the buy rates are for that stuff. I don't memorize that stuff, so please do not DM me with that shit. I do not care. Uh I do know that they've done respectable numbers, um, especially in the current climate where not too many people buy pay-per-views the way that they would have, you know, during the Brock Lesnar era. Mm. And I mean, sure. I He says he's made millions. Fine. I hope he enjoys them. And I'm see, I'm an anti-hater. You understand? I, I want you to succeed so I don't have to see you the fuck again. That's my thing. <laughs> I hope he's made millions so we can finally just go off into the sunset. We ain't got to bother with this nonsense, man. <laughs> Only when he does something positive and not this other dumb shit.
0: I mean, I'm just wondering how successful Game Bread FC really is.
1: Well, that's another matter entirely. That's that's. I, I'm going to preserve judgment. I'm not going to say anything about that now because I have way too many questions that um, right now seem to be unanswered on many levels by, you know, I, I don't think anybody's got any answers right now. That's going to be interesting to find out in, in in due time. Yeah.
0: All right. We have Rob Font, you and Mookie were right on this one. Rob Font, old man, strength in his way over Adrian Yanez and, I'm going to tell you what I saw in this fight. I saw young Adrian Yanez with great, great punches and great activity in there. But what I did not see from young Adrian Yanez was that Dr. Pepper defense. Okay. Mm -hmm. Dr. Pepper offense is great. But if you don't have Dr. Pepper defense against a slugger like Rob Font, you just cannot stand in front of him like that and not put your hands up. You just can't do it. And Rob's an old dude. He's been at this a lot longer than you have, Mr. Yanez. And boy, yikes. And and it looked there for a minute, like Adrian Yanez was getting the best of him. That goose egg under his eye, it popped immediately. And Adrian got his licks in, but Got to teach that young man how to keep his hands up too.
1: You know he's 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 young. He's learning. He's still growing. He's got plenty of time to improve, and he seems to do so with it with each fight. I don't know that I really want to call Rob Font an old man necessarily just yet. He certainly got more. How old is he? Is he like like he, he's a good maybe? bit?
0: No, no, no. He's just a good bit older than Giannis. I believe Giannis is twenty six, and Font is. Let me just make absolutely sure. I know Rob's in, in his mid thirties. Yeah. Uh he is thirty-five. He will oh. be thirty-six in two months. Okay. All right. Okay. Actually in about a month and thought. a half. And then Adrian, I believe, is twenty. 20- He's 29. So we've got close to seven years difference between them because Adrian just turned 29 and, uh, at, at the end of November. So we we've got about, you know, six and a half, seven years difference between the two of them.
1: Yeah. Rob's a little older than I thought. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's, you know, I don't think this was so much old man strength because it was dad strength. And there's a very, very. <laughs> okay. yeah, are I mean, out... no. You have
0: to, you have to give me the difference in old man strength and, okay, and, and dad strength. <laughs>
1: See, dad strength is this thing. It's it's one of those nascent abilities. It's just, it's like, you know, in the X-Men, they just turn a certain age and the shit just pops. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what happens with 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 uh with dad strength. It's like the kid comes out and something in your body says, you need to have the possible ability to defend this motherfucker, come what may. And your body just goes with it. And suddenly you're swinging those weights a little heavier than the than you used to. You know, you're doing a few more pull-ups and chin-ups than you did before. I can't explain the shit. It's just what it is old man strength is just like this sustained thing it's not as common it does not apply to everybody uh some very very weak ass old men out there and i refuse to be one of them so uh, uh, I, I hope that's a sufficient explanation
0: <laughs> but but you're saying it wrong it's strength
1: oh strength yeah, yeah you true. have to do well, it S- you get it yeah
0: yeah it's strength with an F on the end. <laughs> so see, I associate old man's strength with the you know, your your Mark Hunt's, your Dan Henderson's, you know, those big sluggers that maybe they're not winning as much, but when they do, it's always with some hellacious walk-off or something like that. Now, yeah. Hendo in the end there wasn't getting those at towards the end of his career, but he was still putting up some sl- solid slobber knockers. I mean, his last fight with Bisping was a, actually a great fight. And in some people think that he won it i
1: don't know you're overlooking that you you might want to ask hector lombard about that shit yeah (laughs) he's still wondering what happened he's still he's still using an australian accent after that one i don't know what (laughs) happened there he reverted holy shit
0: oh goodness let's talk about uh, kevin holland defeating santiago ponsonibio i'm gonna let you take the lead on this one
1: Yo, Kevin Holland says he fought with one hand, and if that's the one hand that he had, it's a good one. You better get that insured with Lloyd's of London because holy shit, that was beautiful. Uh, I don't know. There was something very strange about the pace of this fight up until the uh, the the that last round. I, I don't know if you maybe you might have felt the same, but yeah, there the was... way that he capitalized on that single moment of, of defensive lapse, yeesh.
0: Yep. That one, you know, there there wasn't a whole lot of uh, extracurricular stuff going on with that fight. The way that we, you know, there's not a whole lot to talk about with it. I mean, he he basically went in there. He had a couple of moments in the beginning because Ponzinibbio didn't land on him a couple of times. No doubt about it.
1: Yeah, well, I, I also do want to just inform our listeners that uh, I, I just, we don't mean to disappoint. But we cannot talk about the hotel altercation because Dana has promised promised that he's going to come after us. And we do not want Dana White to be upset and come after us.
0: So let's let's talk about Kevin Holland and Jorge Masvidal's uh, pre-fight fight. fight. God damn it. I told you. (laughs) (laughs) we So that part, as far as his fight with Ponzinibbio, there wasn't a whole lot of extracurricular. His his stuff with Masvidal, though.
1: Yeah, I I didn't even like that people were even calling it a fight to begin with. I'm exactly. like, well, where, where is it? I don't understand there it. Was like, no, I get I
0: did. I did. I see an exchange of punches. I did not.
1: What no, I saw it was, I it was funny. a
0: bunch of exactly a bunch of antics that made me point and laugh. That these people thought any of this was you know worth anything beyond that.
1: The only audio that was worth a damn from that was hot hit pointing you know, like to, to pointing at Kevin while gesturing, you know, as he's directing his voice to security, get that bitch out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny to me, but that was the long and short of it. That's all it was. Exactly. And it's a shame that, her, you know, well, look, I mean, that would have probably not been a fight that uh, if made would be of any benefit to, mm-hmm. to must be that. I don't think that's something that anyone should even want to schedule because, Wouldn't go great.
0: Jorge's out here just starting shit with any old person just so that he can drum up some kind of interest for a possible comeback or whatever. I don't think we've seen the last of them. I think this motherfucker is going to come back because they always come back.
1: Mm, Minor counterpoint there. Mm. This isn't the first time that Kevin Holland has had an altercation at a hotel with somebody like this. So, I I mean, I don't know who started it. I don't... (laughs) Frankly... It it could have been either guy, and I I don't know which would be funnier. Really, I I just think this I just find it amusing. I don't really think that anything is um. I I, I don't understand why. I I mean I do understand why people took it so seriously, but to the extent they took it, oh man! Wow! See, I
0: I don't because. Even if Kevin uh, had started it, I, I imagine it was something minor. Jorge's always looking for a reason to to get in some shit. I mean, what was the point of the thing with with Leon Edwards, the three piece in the soda? Why did he have to go and hunt down Colby Covington? You know, he is um, in many regards very similar to Conor McGregor, in my opinion. Um, and I feel like it, it, some of it is manufactured on his side. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I feel like Masvidal makes sure that there is an ability to promote himself in every little thing that he does.
1: That is an excellent point. That is, that is, I had not considered that part. That's true.
0: Let's talk about Raul Rosas Jr. Finally getting a little comeuppance for trying to put the cart before the horse. Really? I mean, hearing him talk after his first UFC win saying that he could defeat i Sterling. Um, <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. No, 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 no. I no. think this is necessary. I, I'm and glad you're letting this out. This is good. Oh, good America Lord. needs this. This is the only way this nation is going to heal. Just keep going.
0: <laughs> and then Christian Rodriguez. I mean, listen, I even slept on the guy. But to see the, as Eugene would put it, the giant crapping in the cake. <laughs> Of Raul roses. It was it was kind of uplifting for me. <laughs> I I don't I don't disparage Raul roses for anything other than extreme confidence, and it's okay. He's young. I don't yeah. mind it at all. I really don't. But I I giggle a little bit because that's that's the kind of lessons you get taught though when you have that kind of brashness about you, you get taught lessons. It's how you learn those lessons, you know? I want to see him go back and work on his cardio and work on things, you know? You just can't expect to spam takedowns for a round and think that somebody's not going to get your timing down and your rhythm and um, your whole blueprint, basically, because he gave it all away in that round when he did nothing but literally just go for takedowns. <laughs> um, you could basically figure it out that he didn't have much much else in the arsenal and i appreciate that kind of confidence i do Mm
1: -hmm. it takes
0: that kind of confidence to be a professional athlete especially a fighter yeah but i'm also a fan just like i put on twitter of learning to crawl before we run so victor i want to hear your take on this because you're the grappler so you tell me what you saw
1: well, I, I wanna I wanna mention something briefly here. Um, we've we've been adding personnel to our staff at BE. Uh, I'm I'm Miguel? glad to announce. Are you talking about Miguel? Um, well, I'm gonna start with Miguel. Yeah. Uh, we do have Miguel class as the new addition. Uh, if you have not been following him on Twitter, I've been singing this dude's praises mm. for so long. I'm so happy he's with us now. But I actually wanna get into this with uh, MMAI. I, um, oh yeah, MMA Jason. Athletics. Jason, yeah. who has been an absolute joy, and he and I were actually he he mentioned something about this in one of his latest patreon posts that he'd set for free. We just got a little back and forth earlier today. He and I messaging talking exactly about this. This is such an irresponsible thing to do. I thought that Rosas might have actually had a very good chance of winning this one because of the fact that He's got that flypaper grappling, like I always say, right? Mm -hmm. He's got that that ability. Just grab a guy, drag him down. And Christian knows what the game is. He's been around, but he's also a little older. He's more experienced against uh, higher-level opposition. But, you know, you still think, yeah, this kid might be able to pull it off. And I don't have any problem with the stuff he was saying before because confidence Mm -hmm. is necessary at this stage of the game. But it is at the same time irresponsible for you to do the same exact thing like, they ruined a good thing like they did with Sage Northcutt. Mm-hmm. You have, you can have this guy clean out the lower ranks of the division, or you can hotshot him. And then what What places, and I always say that card hierarchy is dead, but that does not mean that you can have Car blanche to put a fucking 18-year-old on a main pay-per-view card. Mm-hmm. Why are you paywalling this? Why are you gatekeeping this? You know he's not ready for prime time. You think he is, but you haven't even given the audience enough exposure. It's bad enough that they're not putting him, you know, I get it. They don't want to pay him, you know, bankroll him in a development uh, uh, situation and have him fight elsewhere, like, you know, smaller organizations like Fury or, uh, you know, any of the things that they have on Fight Pass, right? And this is a point that Jason made as well. They're not doing that. They're saying, no, no more money will be made unless it's being made here under our umbrella. Well, then fine. At least have him fight lesser known guys. No, we can't even slow roll this guy properly because we are fucking incompetent. And now what? It's not the end of the world for Raul. He's still young. He's got less than ten fights. He's still got a. a, a he's got a, the, the whole world ahead of him. But you got to scale it back. You have to. And Christian did exactly what he needed to do. Unfortunately, this win, I don't know that it does him any favors now. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like okay, you won, but you beat some kid who wasn't ready. You know what, what? What? How much? How much vertical movement do you have for a guy like that? I just I feel bad for everybody involved here especially management. They should have known. They should have known. But it's just like these guys are just too greedy and too fucking dumb. I, it, it's just it, it, at the end, it's intellectual laziness at the worst.
0: All right. So we're going to speed through the, the last few of these that matter. But the one we're not going to speed through, we're going to we're going to spend a moment here is Kelvin Gastelum. And I'm using my air quotes, defeating Chris Curtis. Listen, that was a phenomenal fight it was a great fight it's the the first time in a long time Kelvin's really really showed up it's also the first time I would say since I want to say was it um Jacare was the last guy he fought that was similar in size to him I want to say it was but I could be wrong but in any event it's it's been a while since he's been able to fight someone that was close to his own size here's the problem I have with this fight that headbutt mattered. It mattered a lot. Okay, that was a huge headbutt, and it mattered a lot. And I honestly believe that if that hadn't occurred, Chris Curtis would have gotten the win here. Thoughts?
1: That headbutt was—you know—it's just funny. You're describing it like, like he got hit with the shit from Bonk's Adventure. You remember mm-hmm. that game on the Turbo Graphics? You were in a little caveman with the giant fucking noggin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of Mm -hmm. now. I can't get that image out of my head. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I'm just so uncomfortable with the way the momentum shifted with that, Mm -hmm. you know, and now, you know, Chris is saying that he's going to appeal and,
0: you know, just going through the motion sometimes is cathartic. You know, he made, he did what he felt was right in the moment to, to make peace with this. I mean, that's that's the most you can do, but I understand why he's doing it. I mean, it was hard enough to make him bleed, to open up a cut. I can only imagine what it feels like and how jarring it must be to have a headbutt of that magnitude. And it was hard, I mean, to tell you. And you're right. The momentum shift is noticeable.
1: Yeah. So I, I don't even like I don't have much faith in any, anything really resulting from the appeal process, but good on him for at least doing what's right. I mean, yeah, like you said, right? maybe that in and of itself is all that's, that's needed for him to be able to move past this. I, I hope that at least management views um, this in a proper way. And I mean, again, I don't know how much faith I have in them doing that, but something is something. As for Gastelum, um, yeah, I mean, he, he had an, this was an exciting fight. Mm-hmm. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was good to see the, the, the ways that both of them brought their game to the table and, and what they were able to do. Uh, I just think that Kelvin's got to pump the brakes too. I mean, you can't be out here saying like, oh, people want to see me fight out of Sonya again. <laughs> Who are these people, Kelvin? Name them. Name these fucking people, Kelvin. I got to know. You got to make a list. You got to put it somewhere. But tweet them. I, I don't... Oh, God. Especially after that sensational knockout in the main event. Who wants to see this again?
0: Yeah. Why? The thing is, is Israel has grown leaps and bounds since that fight, and I don't think that Kelvin that uh, Kelvin has. You know, Chris Curtis is a lot different than Israel Adesanya, and look at how he struggled here. Up until Chris Curtis, his one in that five and one of his recent record was freaking Darren Till.
1: Oh, God. So...
0: You know, when you're struggling with the Darren Tills and the Chris Curtises, and you basically won because you got a headbutt. And before anyone says anything, I do not think it was intentional. I'm just saying that a headbutt landed that was very advantageous to Kelvin Gastelum. He won because of that headbutt, I think.
1: And not to mention, right now at the time of this recording, Kelvin is ranked number 11. Yeah. Buddy, it's going to be a while.
0: Yeah. But again, we must... Always consider that the UFC uses their top 15 rankings as contender rankings. Anything below 15 isn't considered contender. And if we go back in our memory banks to 2017, when Michael Bisping fought Dan Henderson for the second time, Michael Bisping's belt was on the line. And at the time, Dan Henderson was ranked number 13. So never, ever think that it's out of the realm of possibility for anybody inside the top 15 to have a claim on that belt. I do want to mention two other fights. The first one being uh, Michelle Waterson Gomez and, and Luana Pinheiro. Listen, I am not a fan of Michelle Waterson's politics and things like that, but I will call a fight the way I see it and she won that fight it, it should have gone her way and more so I thought it was a, a, a very clear 29-28 it didn't even need to be a split I just want to get your take on that because I thought they made the wrong decision in that fight
1: I think I'd probably have to rewatch it I kind of felt like the decision was fine mostly because of control and 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 the power that that um, it seemed to me like like when I was landing with a bit more on it. I don't know. It's just, it just happened. You know what I mean?
0: Exactly. It wasn't something that was standout. It wasn't a boring fight though. I will say that, you know, it was a, it was a fight that you watched, you know, the, the description you gave, it was a fight that happened is perfect, but I wouldn't say that it was boring or anything like that, but I paid attention to it enough. My, my takeaway on it uh, was that Michelle Watterson did more than enough to take that. So, the other fight that I wanted to discuss was another giant crapping in the cake. Steve Garcia defeating Shailen Nerdembeka. Wow! Wow! 36 seconds into the the round, a monster KO.
1: I I wasn't too surprised by that. I've been watching Steve Garcia since he was in Bellator. I've always liked the kid. I thought he's, you know, he's just... He just had a certain kind of swagger, and and his his, his striking is very very legit, as we saw. <laughs> so uh, him coming back from being rocked that heavy, I'm like, ooh, I'm worried about him. But then he did that. I'm like, yep, that's Steve again. And and that was it. That was that was kind of my whole reaction. You know, like it was a great knockout, and I was happy for him. But it, it's hard to be super surprised when you know that that's something he's capable of. You know, and this is a, I'm saying this purely. Please do not misinterpret that purely as a positive, you know? Cuz dude's good. <laughs> dude's been dude's been in some some uh, pretty heavy wars. So uh that was that was pretty badass. I, I'm glad that, that happened for him. Indeed.
0: We need to get into UFC Fight Night Kansas City. Holloway versus Allen. This is a good card. I am happy with this card. We are not being fed slop. Now, I have selected five fights because there are some fights that are slop on here. But for us to have five really solid fights to pick on a fight night card, when's the last time that happened, Victor?
1: I, I don't know. I really don't know. When that, it's hard to get. Time just bleeds into itself right now. I don't know anything anymore.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I will say this. I'm not happy with bout order. For instance, we have a top contenders match, a flyweight contenders match that is buried in the prelims. It's not even the featured prelim. <laughs> uh, yeah, they put Clay Guida versus Papa Garcia on the main card. And they didn't put Brandon Royval versus Mateus Nicolau on the main card. They are ranked number four and five at flyweight. They could absolutely contend right after this fight. Why do they do that?
1: Now, did I not tell you that these people are lazy and fucking stupid? Mm. And not only that. I mean, again, I, this is the same argument I make every time. This is this is most likely because they are bound to certain agreements with their distributors, with their, their, um, their broadcasting partner in ESPN. You know, you got to feed them a bone every now and again. Those hourly numbers matter. They can't just put all the nobodies you know, all the lesser known people on, on, on the, you know, just front load that with, with the beginning of the thing, and then just put all the big names at the top. No, they want to spread that out. They have to, they're, they're kind of, um, they're kind of stuck in that. And that's just what it is, man. That's just the reality. That's, that's where it's been for the last few years. And I mean, I've made peace with it long ago. It's, I don't even take it as disrespect anymore.
0: I look at it like this. They are promoters. The number one promoter, they have a monopoly and a monopsony. And bearing that in mind, if you can't figure out a way to promote your lesser talent and make them and dress them up and make them look sparkly for the undercards, that's on you because your top contenders should be fighting on the main card and the people that are not your top contenders should be fighting on the lower end of the card. It should be meritorious awards to be good enough, to be ranked high enough. To be on that main card. And if you were doing your job, you wouldn't have a problem keeping eyeballs on your elite level talent, even on the lower end.
1: Well, minor counterpoint to that, since this isn't a pay-per-view.
0: Don't care. It's UFC. They should promote all of them. Come on, Victor, join me in this. Hold my hand.
1: Maybe next time.
0: Oh, you yeah, I'm going punch you <laughs> in your goddamn throat. <laughs> so let's let's break these five fights down that I've chosen. My first one, Piera Rodriguez. This girl is sensational. Taking on grappling threat Jillian Robertson. This is a good fight. This is happening at strawweight. I love it. I'm taking Piera because her striking is chef's kiss. <laughs> and she's also got... You know, pretty decent grappling. She can defend well. Not to say that Jillian Robertson won't crap in her cake either. This was a hard choice for me to make, but I am going to go with Piera Rodriguez.
1: Or I'm going to differ with you on this. I'm going to differ on this one because I I think that Piera is strong, but she's still raw in mm-hmm. a way that. Yep. She's just not. I I don't I I don't think that. Her, her, she needs to show a lot of development real quick or else she's going to get swallowed up by people like Jillian who have been in there against better opposition, not always done. You know, she's not batting a thousand, but her grappling and is, is much more expanded. Her striking has been much more suited to facilitate certain things with her grappling as well. And she is learning to bring all that together in a way that's much more, um, problematic for someone who's coming in mostly through physicality as opposed to actual technique. I'm sure she'll shuck off some takedowns. And I don't doubt that Pierre is going to be able to put her on her ass with one or two punches, but we got to land those first. And I don't know that she's really got it right now. I, I don't, you know, no disrespect to her. I don't think that she's got it yet. I don't think she's ready.
0: So you're going with Robertson.
1: I'm going with Robertson.
0: Mookie and I are going with Piero Rodriguez or Rodriguez. I'm not quite sure how
1: Rodriguez. That... she's going. Is... She's well.
0: Okay. All right, next up, here's where uh, the placement. <laughs> Brandon Royval taking on Mateus Nikolau at flyweight. Number four, Brandon Royval versus number five, Mateus Nikolau. I am taking Nicolau, but this one, again, another fight where it's so difficult to make the choice. This one was even more difficult for me because they are both great, great 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 fighters especially that they're both grapplers now Royval has more of a jiu-jitsu base and Nikolai has more of a wrestling base Nikolau can also punch he's got good striking so that's where I wonder what's going to happen here I I'm picking I, Nikolau, though as is Mookie
1: yeah I mm. I hate art, this. Isn't it? I really hate this. It's such a good fight. Mm-hmm. It's such a good fight. I really love it. Um, I'm I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with Royval. I think he's got a little bit more dynamite in his punches, a little bit more composure and pop. I think that Nikolai is gonna be able to annoy him trying to get the fight to the ground. But Royval, his training environment, you know, he, he has enough people around him, and he's 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 done the kind of training where like I, it's gonna take a certain kind of wrestler to keep him down. Nikolai can take him down, but he's not going to have too much fun keeping him there. And uh, it's going to be really difficult for him to maintain that. Now, where I think it's going to be fun and messy is with the scrambles. And whoever ends up getting that back take first, Mm -hmm. you know, whoever ends up snatching that arm first and starting to work from there, that's really where the difference is going to be. And these two are very, very, very wily guys. You got to remember the bar for talent and and just raw athleticism at 125 is probably the highest in the entirety of the sport right now, at least in, in the UFC. And um, these guys are, are super, super good. And I feel like this fight's getting slept on. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm going to go with Roy Ball on this.
0: All right. Next up, we have Pedro Munoz taking on Chris Gutierrez at 135. I like Gutierrez here. Pedro Munoz is, hmm, how do I put this? Maybe a little too patient. Man, it takes him a long time to get going, to get his rhythm. It's Never been the biggest fan. Never, not that I. He's done anything wrong. I just never been the on on the the stand wagon for for Pedro because again, sometimes it seems like he just waits a little bit too long. Chris Gutierrez does not have that problem, and he's a very well-rounded fighter. I am taking Gutierrez as is Mookie.
1: Well, it looks like we're all in agreement then, because I'm taking Chris too. I don't trust Pedro. I'm just not. I, I don't know if it's a matter of just stagnation or what it just doesn't really feel like he's I don't know I don't feel like he's got it right now for this kind of thing and this is I mentioned this when we did the when you see the staff previews you'll you'll see us here there's a couple of matchups here that kind of look like hey we're, we're shuffling off the older guys by having them face the uh, the newer wave and I feel like this one is, is definitely one of those it's like where does Pedro stand now because I, I don't know. I don't know man I'm not really feeling it right now I can't trust
0: Indeed. All right, we get to the co-main event. Edson Barbosa versus Billy Quarantillo. This is a great fight. You can tell that it's co-maining based off of name value alone for Edson Barbosa because he is ranked all the way down at number 14. Billy Quarantillo is not currently ranked inside the top 15. Um, I'm taking Billy here. Edson's time um, is is dwindling pretty fast as far as being a, a top competitor, in my opinion. I am uh, have been a fan of his forever. I know he has a one-hitter quitter. Um, I know he's got dynamite in his feet, too. But Billy Quarantillo is, uh, you know, he's a wily guy. And he could take a lick in, too. He certainly can. I mean, his fight with Shane Burgos was awesome.
1: Okay? Mm -hmm. It
0: was so awesome. I love that fight a whole lot. And if it hadn't been eclipsed by... It was a a Gaethje fight, I believe. If it hadn't been eclipsed by that, it would have gotten Fight of the Night on that card. But I just think he has more at the current juncture where they both stand in this in this division i think he has more in the tank than edson barbosa so i'm taking billy q Mookie is also taking billy q
1: and so is victor hey listen i i I love edson but again man how much you got left Mm. what do you really what do we really you know i I get absolutely barbosa has a good chance he should be in fact Probably, you know, just based on the rankings and the, the the experience, I can see why a lot of people would see him as a favorite. But Billy's a different kind of cat, man. There's just these hungrier dudes that are coming up and getting better each fight, carving dudes up in the clinch, you know, being able to use their wrestling effectively. And you know, surprise, you know, holy shit, this guy can actually punch really, really hard. Uh, I I don't know, man. I, I just, I, yeah, again, I don't really think that Edson... Um, I, I, I think this is the kind of thing where the, the biggest thing that can happen, what I always say, what's the worst thing that can happen with a fighter who's been in the game this long? They get figured out. And I think that's what's happened here with Barboza. I think Billy's going to take it.
0: All right. We get to Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. I will start with Mookie's pick. He is picking Max Holloway. How is Victor going? I want to see before I say anything.
1: I'm going with Max Holloway. I cannot. Look, I, I got to trust him you know i've i've had doubts about him in the past and yes he's taking on a young big strong dude yes it's a, a different kind of challenge and as dan tom big shout out to friend of the podcast dan tom he pointed this out holloway's had some struggles with some mostly with south mm-hmm. you know and that, that's a, that's an observation i hadn't realized like yeah that's true he kind of does and you going in there against a guy like this who can do what he does Mm, but at the same time, man, there's levels, there's growing pains. This is, this is the kind of thing where we're going to see what kind of layers Arnold Allen truly has. Because that's what that, those waves that Holloway has are what drowned Calvin Cater. You understand? It's, it's not just the volume, it's the placement, it's the timing, it's the bait and the traps that he set. And that's why I got to go with Max. And again, if, if Allen manages to take this fight to the ground, not going to be a cakewalk for his ass either.
0: I'm picking Alan. <laughs> I'm splitting the difference. I have picked Holloway on uh, Care, Don't Care. And I'm, I'm, I have picked Holloway on our official Bloody Elbow uh, picks and predictions. But here I am taking Arnold. And I wanted to take him everywhere else too, but I'm a pussy. And so <laughs> I'm splitting the difference. But here I'm going to go ahead and take him. And the reason why is because of one thing and it's not so much the left it's that holloway is not traditionally a knockout artist he wins on volume Mm -hmm. um he is not the same volume machine though that he was six years ago five years ago and he's been through some serious wars with volkanovsky Calvin Cater is not Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen is leagues beyond Calvin Cater, in my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. Arnold Allen also has a one-hitter-quitter. And he's he's a very complete fighter. And he's not some, you know, you mentioned levels. He's not some young puppy. He's been in the game for a while. And he's he's fought tooth and nail to get where he's at. They yeah. are literally setting this up this fight up for max holloway's uh, max holloway crossing their fingers hoping he wins so they can somehow set up number 3 they need a name to challenge for for volkanovsky's belt
1: i mean i i think they're banking on the possibility of the upset here and and, Ar- and arnold allen you okay. know to- sort of taking this this uh, this big trophy uh so they can introduce him as the new contender. I really think this is more serving him than it is Max. I, you know, they're, they're, this is yeah, and it's shameful. They're like I don't want I don't want anyone to view Max as, as a gatekeeper.
0: I, I think it's they want Holloway to win because Holloway's name carries a lot more weight. Holloway's still young too. Remember, he's been in the game for a long time, but he started super early. I think he's just barely like thirty one.
1: Yeah, but that shit works against exactly. you. Exactly. You you know? yeah. Exactly.
0: You start young. And I mean, he's been in the UFC for 10 years, maybe even longer. I think he was in. Yeah, he's been in longer than 10 years. He was. In, it's just insane. But I definitely feel like there might be more upside with Arnold. And, you know, the difference maker being that big, huge bomb that he can land and put the lights out. And I feel like Max has started his volume machine antics are starting to wind back a little bit. So, you know, I could be wrong. And again, I have split the difference because this is another one. They This card was really well matched. All of the fights mm-hmm. on it are very well matched. So they,
1: I just if you've been in the UFC longer than Mick Mulvaney. Exactly. <laughs> like shit gets real dicey. You know <laughs> what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> so anyways, that is going to wrap up our UFC Kansas city picks and predictions. This is the point where I tell you, if you want the premium content of the salacious headlines, which are basically all of the, the latest headlines that I've gathered from today and from yesterday you know, basically this week, but I try to get the most current ones and there's some good ones and they sort of revolve around UFC 287. So if you're a paying subscriber, just sit right here and we'll be giving you some premium content. And if you're not, no worries, there's still time to subscribe. So here we go. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. The Bloody Elbow Podcast Network is moving. That's right. We're moving from SoundCloud and YouTube to Substack. It will still be available through your current iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher subscriptions, but the main home of the Bloody Elbow Podcast Network will now be on Substack. While most of our audio content will remain free, we'll be asking listeners to please get a paid subscription to support the shows, which are now ad-free. Please give us your email, and we'll send you notices and summaries of every new episode. Become a paid subscriber, And get bonus segments only available to those who've pledged their support. Sign up at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com today.